Snow falls on an old apartment. Inside, the holiday season is in swing. On the first floor, cokes are poured and stories shared among friends. Three flights up, one generation passes down the family recipe to the next. Inside every home, there's magic. Coca-Cola. Real magic. Enjoy the real magic of the season with close friends, family, and refreshing Coca-Cola paired with all your holiday meals. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter back with you. Stanley Law Offices, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, and Bryant and Stratton College bringing it to you. Two great locations in central New York, James Street and in Liverpool for every and in life, Bryant and Stratton College. Be sure to follow the BSC Bobcats all over the social media platforms as well and visit bscbobcats.com for updates on their athletic teams as well. Let's bring him in. He's one of the great baseball writers uh, you read him, you love him. Um, in fact, you love him so much that he's simply AMBS, America's most beloved sports writer, former New York Post columnist, terrific work at Ball9. Go visit ball9.com. Chris and the crew and, and, and everybody doing such an amazing job. I'm contributing to them now as well, but I'm nowhere near this guy. Kevin Kernan, welcome back on Twitter at AMBS underscore Kernan. KK, great to have you. Let's chat some baseball off season and more, man. How are you? How's Florida? Great. Was at the beach yesterday. Uh, nice seventy four degrees. Even went in the water at fifty nine degrees. Um, our governor down here has done a nice job. Uh, businesses are open. They take, you know, I'm an older person, but they take care of the older people, um, and uh, it's uh, good times. Um, healthy times, hopefully for everybody. And it, it's uh, you know you hear a lot of negative things about Florida the national media but uh i haven't seen it down here yeah no doubt about it um what's the latest give my listeners as you know i'm doing a little bit with you guys at ball nine now just sending some pieces but uh you know you guys are really crushing it your pieces have been amazing give my listeners a a couple of of, of recent articles that you've written and some other reasons to go to ball9.com kevin yeah ball9.com you know i started there after i was uh after the post terminated my position uh, at the start of May, they reached out to me with their creative idea about how to uh, cover baseball. And the great thing for me is I'm doing longer pieces, you know, 2,500 word pieces, but they read fast, sometimes 3,000 words. Um, and I can do what I, you know, I basically picked out some things that I really want to be, I'm, I'm a baseball fan. You know, just like you, and I, I write about things and people that I want to be, and I get into long-depth conversations with people, something you're not seeing anywhere, really, across the media market now, because everything, uh, you know, uh, everything is about somebody who pulled a hamstring or rejected something <laughs> or whatever, you know, so, um, so the, the, you know, we're not, we're not following the same path. Now, if it succeeds, fantastic. If it doesn't, we gave it our best shot, but it's a, I would say ball nine is really built for the baseball person and, and, and sports person because, uh, you know, I just did a long piece with Daryl Strawberry um, and stuff you haven't read anywhere. Matter of fact, his publisher sent me a note about this was the best piece he's ever seen on Daryl. I did a, a baseball piece on DJ LeMayhew and why he's important and why baseball has gotten away from this kind of player. And the irony, of course, Theo Epstein made his big comments after leaving the Cubs about we have to get more you know, players who 
put the ball in play, more athletic, this and that. And I, I'm not afraid to look at things with a hard, uh, you know, eye. Well, you know, I, I knew Theo, I knew Lemay, who was with the Cubs, and he played in Daytona because I saw his name on the wall when I went down there. And it was Theo who traded LeMayhew. So, you know, the, we, we bring everything around, and uh, it's definitely, and that's just what I do. So the other guys do incredible work, and um, it's food, it's uh, history, it's, uh, you know, long interviews. Rocco does long interviews with players that are just stunning because you find out things about these uh, Q&As. They're real, and, and they're, they're very topical. And also we have some fun, you know, we have some fun. And even Mike Port wrote something for us and, uh, you know, former GM. And what I've noticed most of all, Mike, and I'll leave it with this, the baseball people, I'm hearing from so many scouts and baseball officials about how much they love uh, the, the website. Like I did a piece on Jerry Naren, the catcher whisperer. Yeah, he's been in the game 45 years, and you know he was obviously Thurman. He was there when Thurman was killed. He was uh, he was the catcher the next night, and um, um, you know plus he's been around. I mean, he's the one who tutored James McCann, so it, it covers all those years. And his comments about catching and and really the art of catching, uh, uh, you know, it's important. And one quick story, you know, uh, I was talking to a former pitcher. Because I'm talking about how all these pitchers are robots now. They don't think for themselves. And it's really hurt the game. And and he, this pitcher told me he learned that lesson early on when um, he was in the minor leagues and the catcher called for a certain pitch. And he kind of didn't want it, but he went with it. So the pitching coach asked him, what did you think of that? He goes, well, I really wasn't committed to that pitch. And he goes, well, and, and he, the pitcher tried to point it to the catcher. Like, well, he called the pitch. And uh, and the, and, uh, and 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 the pitching coach said to him, "Hey, even a donkey can shake its head." So those are the kinds of things we we look at in depth, and uh, we're having some fun with it. Well, let's get into the off season, uh, the, the 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 hot stove, whatever the heck we would call it. I don't know how hot it is anymore. Um, yeah. What stands out? What's been the big thing? You know that that's the the, the key, the, the number one storyline that set the tone for this off season for you. Well, you know the Mets getting Lindor. That's to me, that's a big thing. You know, and the Yankees basically not doing anything. That's a big thing. Everybody's excited about the Mayhew, and of course they had to bring him back. But that's a status quo move. They don't have any pitching, you Kevin. Know? Nothing changes with Cashman. No, no arms. No arms. They're going after this guy, that guy. They're playing the same game that they played, you know, last year or whatever. Whenever they got James Paxton, they were hoping he'd bounce back. Now it's hoping that Corey Kluber bounces back. They had the inside track. This Cressy is Kluber's guy, uh, so he knew where he's at. But anybody has shoulder. I I learned this a long time ago. You know, I've been covering baseball for 47 years, and when you have shoulder issues, you're not the same guy. Now, Kluber could be effective, but to think he's going to be really good is is crazy. So, so I don't know why why they just didn't go out and uh, you know get pitching, get real pitching, and they didn't. But that's the Yankees. That's who they are. And unfortunately, the stat I like to use is that you know since uh, two, 2003 they've won as many World Series as the Marlins won. So, so the Yankees, uh, I think they're in a, in a because of the Rays being stupid and trading Blake Snell. 
Uh, I think the Yankees are in a better spot because of that. But that doesn't mean much because Toronto's coming on. Sure. Now, Toronto's made some good moves. Springer move I thought was huge. I thought if the Mets had made a Springer move, that would have put them over the top. Um, and, and, and I just don't understand that one either. Springer, I love Springer. The day I saw him make that catch in center field, uh, against South Carolina in the NCAAs so is an all-out catch. Balls out, caught it, uh, had a tight hamstring. I, that, that's all I needed to know about Springer. And I was trying to convince people to, to draft Springer. And, of course, the Astros made the right move. Great player. That draft, too, if you want to have some fun if you're a baseball fan, look at the, like, the first 11 picks of the 2000, 2011 draft. And also like the 174th pick which was Mookie Betts. I knew a lot of talent in that draft and a lot of talent up for grabs this year. So, uh, yeah, that's some of the things that stood out. The Dodgers, you know, Dodgers continue to, to me, the Dodgers continue to be the smartest team around for the most part. Um, and uh, and that's the other problem the Mets will have. they got to get to the Dodgers. Padres making their moves. I covered the Padres for 10 years, so I know that organization. Well, I know those people are happy for those fans because, much like the Buffalo Bills fans, that's who the Padres fans are. They're just in warmer weather. And um, and uh, it's good to see the Padres fans get rewarded finally uh, with, the, with the organization finally spending some money. So, so those are some of the things that have stuck out to me. Still got a ways to go. Like I always tell people, uh, you know, when the Yankees signed the... Um, when the Yankees signed A-Rod, it wasn't until Valentine's Day. So, so things are pushed back. Hopefully, uh, you know, I think... Um, you know, I said it last year that baseball would get through the pandemic and would play a season, that short season. And I think uh, I think things are, uh, you know, things are, will have a real baseball season this year. And I want to see the fans get back into yes. the ballparks. Yeah. Mike, this is a small point, but on September 3rd, I went to a Savannah Bananas independently game <laughs> yeah. in, uh, yep. in Savannah with, with 2,000 other fans. September 3rd. If a minor league, uh, independent league, could figure it out on September 3rd, why can't Major League Baseball figure it out? And, you know, and I, I asked the owner of, your, of that team, and he said, yeah, we, you know, uh, we haven't had any issues with COVID. We've had nothing has come back to us. So, you know, they, at that time, they temperature checked me when I went in, and and that was basically it. And then you're on your own. Um, uh, you know, they had masks, uh, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a uh, you know, wear the mask or else we throw you out thing. Uh, so, so I would love to see fans get back in the ballparks. There's no doubt. I mean, it's absurd that the NFL even and all these stadiums didn't. And again, I'm I'm not. People listen to certain things and they shut you down. You know, oh well, you're yeah. you're you're yeah. insensitive. You yeah. haven't had anybody affected by COVID. You haven't. You don't. Under- you're killing grandma. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, 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 no. I understand what it is, dudes, gals. We've done it for almost a year. We know what it is. It, it, it hurts the elderly. If you have a pre-existing condition and it matches up with COVID, it's not a good combo. Um, it's, right. it's all case by case. If your immune system is really good and you're doing the things you should be doing in life every day, you know, it, you can recover from this thing instantly. I know well over 30 people who have gotten it and, and they're all fine. Do I know a couple cases where it's not? I sure do. It's something. It's not everything. You can't shut everything down from this and that includes... The economy and in included in the economy is is sports and fans in places. Kevin, the NFL, they could have easily put people, more people in these stadiums. Even when the Bills came out in the playoffs and they had sixty seven hundred right. people, it was absurd to not have another six thousand in the upper decks. 
Because guess what? If you have those fans, it's louder, it's more fun, you're making money, you can hire people to clean, which, by the way, helps the economy because people are making part-time money. Same goes for baseball. And oh, by the way, these are outdoor sports. You know, it's not, you're not inside and trapped inside a sardine can, for Christ's sake. Well, that's the key. Outdoors is to, to what I've seen it. Um, it's, it's the key, and that's why I, I felt comfortable going in September. I'm comfortable on the beach, yeah. you know. Um, and and there's only advice that we have for people, and everybody's got to handle their own way. But try, like you said, your immune system is big. Try to do the best you can for your immune system, and try to get outside. Yeah. Try to get some sunlight. <clears throat> Even if you're in a winter area, get out, do some things. And I think I'm going to dovetail back to one of the story I wrote this week called Strength of Character, and it's about it's about what's going on with the Mets and Jared Porter. One of the big things that I see that's going on with this society now is that everything is word of mouth. You know, basically, this guy's great because the media says he's great. I call it the MIP, media empowered media. You know, media empowered, and uh, and that's you know, I I, me, I I can't tell you how many columns I've written. I've, I've read about Jared Porter and how great he's going to be by some of the biggest names in media, uh, in sports media, just kissing his butt. And I, I've been, like I said, I've been around the game, and I, I don't know this guy, which, which is a bit like to me, first of all, because I know almost everybody. And and I did some research, and I'm not going to get into anything. It certainly wasn't anything, uh, I didn't know anything. But I, I knew how he treated some person I knew that had worked for him in that he didn't get back to this person who helped him a lot. And, and that was a red flag to me. So why can't these teams do better research on these people and, and, and bring in? There's so many good baseball people. The thing that kills me about baseball is that you may be a really good farm director, and all of a sudden you're that farm director for the next 20 years because they don't look at you anymore. It's a media power designates you as the greatest young new uh, analytical genius, assistant GM. And by the way, the only reason these guys are getting that kind of accolades is because they're probably feeding them information Meeting, feeding the media information about trades and everything. That's you know, it's it's a it's quick, quick, quick pro pro. You know, you, you do something for me, I'll scratch your back. So so teams have to do much better job researching who they're bringing in, and I think that really is going to set back. You just think about Louis Rojas is now working in his third GM, you know, and he and he's only managed sixty games. <laughs> you know, so so that sets back the Mets a little bit. So strength of character is huge. Baseball has to get. Get back on, uh, on that a little bit, and uh, uh, you know it's 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 unbelievable to me. I pointed this out. You know, that game in June 26, I believe it was in 2016. Well, Porter, that's when you first met that the Porter, the reporter, and and Carlos Beltran was at the eight that day. So so in Yankee Stadium that day, you had Jared Porter being this woman. You had you had Carlos Beltran being the DH. And who, who, who would know if you, you know, four or five years later, those guys are each getting fired in January by the Mets after getting green jobs. So that's, that, that's a weird thing, and that's where baseball's at. It's mind-boggling. Kevin Kernan, Ball 9 with us, ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Welch & Company Jewelers and Bryant and & Stratton College. The 2011 draft you had mentioned, <laughs> I just pulled it up. It's ridiculous. Cole, Bauer, Rendon, Lindor, Baez, Springer, Fernandez. I mean, on and on it goes. A Jackie Bradley Jr., good Lord. Yeah, that's that Blake Snell. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, let, let's get into the youngsters in the game. It's a young man's game. Um, you know, Juan Soto and Acuna Jr. and Tatis and a, a horde of other guys. 
if if you were if you built a team right now around a guy, one of these young bucks, who who would you choose? Let's say a five to seven year kind of window to build around Kevin. Well, I think any of those guys would be great to build around, and, and they, that's why I love DJ LeMay here because he's the perfect kind of guy to teach these guys. And um, one quick point about because you never know with young guys, but you know, Javi Baez was in that draft too. And I talked to somebody with the Cubs, and again, um, you know, the Cubs made a lot of changes after Theo came along. And the plan was for Javi Baez to be the shortstop and LeMahieu to be the second baseman. Imagine if the Cubs had stuck with that. Uh, <laughs> that would have been pretty interesting. So, uh, so, so it's it, but they, they traded him for Ian Stewart. So, um, uh, you know, so these young players, Soto, I, I, you know, as a hitter, I find Soto amazing because of his ability to beat the strike zone. Um, um, I would love to see him sometimes. This is one thing I think a lot of hitters do, and I get it. I understand the on-base percentage thing, but I grew up in an era where if a pitch was hittable, even if it was out of the strike zone, if it was something you could handle and do some damage with or hit the other way, they would do it. I would see a little bit more of that. There's so much... So much focus on walking and and maybe hitting your pitch yeah. that uh, you know they, they don't they don't use all their skills. Could you imagine Soto's ability if he started taking those pitches that he knows are just a little bit off off the off the, off the plate but are very you know hittable for him especially and started lining those into the opposite field and what he could do. I'd love to see him. Uh, to me, he has a, a tremendous upside, and, and, and uh, I love all those players you mentioned. But he's he's one that I think is really special. So, I know that you're you've really lately been big into you know these clown show franchises crying poverty, and a lot of a lot of people look at Cleveland and you know they want to label them as well. They are small market though. I mean, they're not Dodgers. They're not. Listen. They're still worth over a billion dollars here. And so they trade Lindor, the Betts thing from Boston, all the rest. And then we have the analytics. And then we have all these other things going on in the game. Do you think, and I'll end with this, do you think eventually, and I know this is part of the goal because I've talked to you about it, Chris about it, Rock about it with the guys at Ball 9, guys and gals, do you think that if, if enough people like you guys, like me, like old scouts, um, do you think the goose gossages? I mean, if if enough people are barking up the tree and getting pissed about the game and yelling about the poverty thing and and yelling about analytics and screaming about Rob Manfred's decision and tearing apart the minor leagues, if enough people do it, if we push, if we go crazy, do you think we can we can eliminate some of the bullshit? It's gonna be very hard. I think so too. I, yeah, I, I would say no, simply because oh. these people are. They're smarter than us. That's what they think. They want to tell us how to, how, how, how to lead our baseball lives. And um, and again, I've been around long enough to know, to me, the Mookie Betts trade, he's the ultimate player you want right now. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he's, he's a hustling kid. I've had many conversations with Mookie about hitting. J.D. Martinez helped him out a lot, so he made, he made some adjustments when he got here. He, and he does everything. He runs the bases. You saw what running the bases. I've been on this running the bases kick for four, five, six, seven years now. I sat with Brody Van Wagen for 40 minutes one day when I ripped him in a column and he wanted to talk to me about it. Uh, I sat with him for 40 minutes explaining to him baseball. And, uh, and, and and by the end of it, he was very, you know, he was good. He was saying, yeah, you make, you make some great points. But these guys don't know baseball, and that's the problem. Like, that's 
existential problem. Mm -hmm. We're getting so many of these uh, geniuses that come up to Ivy League with these schools and they're, you know, the next, like I say, the next great thing. They don't know the game. They don't see what you just said. So they don't see what Bruce Gossett sees. They don't see what I see. And, and, uh, and, and, and so they, they go by numbers, whereas reality is, if, if, if you, you don't need any numbers to explain what kind of player Mookie Betts is. Right. For the Red Sox to, for the Red Sox to trade Mookie Betts and cry oh. poverty, I mean, it's bad enough the Indians are doing it. But the only way they're going to, here's how, the only way it's going to happen. If the fans react and stop going to these games. Yeah. Because the games aren't interesting. Who wants to spend four hours of life and all this money at a game that stinks? Yeah. Right now, I mean, I, we, I, you know, I remember the 60s, 70s, you know, and, and another thing is the black athlete in the game, it's so much for the game. And and I know they do the RBI program and everything, but even those programs, you know, I, I don't know if they're being run properly or if you're getting the kind of players. It's a tough game. Uh, you need you need guys that really want to win. And here's the, the big word, uh, the competition factor. Hmm. How many guys really want to win? That's actually, you know, sometimes at night I watch... Dick Cavett interview sounds crazy on Decades TV, but he was a great interviewer, and I love to interview people and talk to him. And and he had Joe Namath on, uh, you know, uh, from 1970 it was. And Namath talked about all he cares about because Namath was talking about, you know, he's been offered bribes in college and this and that. But the only thing that matters to him was winning. And to me, that's what a guy like DJ LeMahieu is. That you need to bring those players back. And if baseball isn't smart enough to bring those players. The center on those players, and, and, and I think baseballs, especially what they're doing to the minor leagues, and oh. we didn't even get into that. But I think baseball is creating a big opening. I think they're they're screwing up so much MLB that if the right situation came along, you can actually start another league now. It's not going to be as good as MLB. I get it. I'm not going to have those players, but you can start another league that could be pretty exciting and focus. You know what that league could focus on? Baseball. baseball, and yeah. pe- people would go to those yep. games because baseball. Yep. Don't forget, baseball started out in America. Basically, it's the town game. You went to the town game, yeah. and uh, if, if uh, you know, if, if somebody's smart enough to start a minor league situation where it's like baseball, hitting and running, and, and, and focusing on good plays and, and everything from holding the runner to pickoff plays to, to strategy to to bunting, uh, you know, I, I'd go watch that. You know, and and I think that's uh, that's the only thing we're going back. I don't think under this leadership, baseball has, has, has the smart uh, has, has can do can 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 bring baseball back um, unless all these young bucks kind of change their attitude. The interesting thing is the Dodgers have changed their attitude. So why don't people emulate the Dodgers and focus on base running and things like that? Uh, maybe they will, but then you're talking about oh that takes twenty years and the Indians. I'm so tired of hearing about the Indians and their problems. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's a joke. It what is. they've done to the fans in Cleveland is disgusting. And if I was a Cleveland fan, I mean, I like Jimenez and I like Rosario, the be good players. And Jimenez, I think, has the chance to be a really good player. But but what they've done, and just throwing away another year, they ain't getting my money. That's what I leave it that simple. They ain't getting my money, and I'm not watching them on TV. I'm yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, they're doing all this while the Browns are coming back. That is a bad... <laughs> That's a bad deal right there. I, man, uh, it's horrible. Oh, you know what? I, I got one more. I, I got one more for you. Give me some, give, give me a good uh, Don Sutton story. Well, he was a, you know, I, I don't have a great Don Sutton story, 
to be honest with you, but he was one of the guys I always saw at the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He, he was such he was just such a, a nice guy, personal guy, and fun guy to be around, and never took himself too seriously. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so he was, uh, you know, that's the kind of guy you want to be, even though he had all those wins and everything. And that whole generation of players, you know, I go all the way back. You know, I, to me, and you've seen me up at the Hall of Fame. There's nothing better than being in the Otisaga Hotel, oh. sitting in the lobby, sitting there talking to Bob Gibson, being intimidated for the first couple of minutes, but then all of a sudden, you know. He tells you a story. Uh, Greg Maddox tells you a story. You know, some of these stories I, I can't repeat, obviously, but they're funny <laughs> as hell stories. And, uh, and and you realize, Cal Ripken, you start talking to Cal on the back porch, and all of a sudden, and Cal understands, I know baseball, and we all of a sudden we start talking about something hitting, hitting-wise, and, and all of a sudden Cal's breaking down his stance and, and showing me something, you know. Here he's taking... Uh, He's taking a dry swings on the, on the deck of the old saga. Wow! And just and then you, if you step back from, you say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking hitting with Cal Ripken, who's showing me something here. Tony Gwynn was a, a great, you know, Tony was a, a good friend uh, friend of mine for considering how a reporter and a, and a player can get along. Um, uh, one quick Tony story. Um, um, uh, this is a great story, and um, I'll leave you with this. But um, Tony. Chuck Feeney was the club president. There were some issues, and they had fan appreciation night. And and some fans went around with a banner that said "Scrub Chub, Scrub Chub." And eventually, uh, you know, a security came around, took the banner away from the fans. I don't know if they were thrown out, but whatever. That was the night that Chubb gave the finger to the fans on fan appreciation night. So in San Diego, it was quite a uh, quite an experience for me. So so all this happened. So I see Tony. You know, we, and we talk about it, and, uh, you know, players don't like that, that kind of attention for to the team. So, you know, we kind of laugh about it, talk about it, joke about it. So about about a year later, I'm talking to Tony, and I said, hey, remember that banner? Because I heard something about it uh, where it wound up. Tony Gwynn wound up with the banner. <laughs> <laughs> so, so players are a lot more aware of what's going on with the organization. Than, you know, Tony got it from security. Stuck it in a closet, for, you know, and I, who knows if it's still in the closet back at the Gwen House in uh, Poway, California. But uh, uh, you know, so that uh, I always got along great with these guys because I treat them like regular people. Yeah. With the Padres, I came in the first year; they let me in their pool, the NCAA pool, and I I got lucky enough to win it. And uh, so that 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 got me an instant entree with the players in the clubhouse. Uh, they thought I knew what I was talking about. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But uh, that's what I say, and that and that's what baseball. I'm reading uh, Donald Holden's old book about you know the players, and they're basically talking about what their careers were like. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't have the title in front of me, but it's a phenomenal book. And uh, the players are just normal guys for the most part. And uh, if you have fun with them and, and really hit them with honest questions, they'll give you honest answers. That's the shame of what's really going on in baseball. These guys. They do have great personalities, and it's getting lost in Twitter. It's getting lost in Instagram. You know, uh, do some, you know, do some digging with these guys. Be, write better stories, and I think baseball would be in better shape. I mean, that stage is going to look so different the next time we're there. Holy cow! I mean, Phil Necro, Don Sutton, Morgan, Ford, Kaline, Gibson, Seaver, Lou Brock. I mean, good grief! Right. It's been absolutely it's, brutal. Oh, it's been it's it's. it's terribly sad but it also it reminds you that you know that's you know life that's life you know life it goes on like this and that's why you have to appreciate 
those good times with them. And, and, and uh, you know, I think it's going to be a real negative for baseball, too, this year again because of the COVID. I, I'm, I'm, under, I'm thinking that the, uh, the, the media is not going to get great access, no clubhouse access, for at least early on in spring training or whatever. And I think that's going to be a negative, too. So, so baseball has basically stopped selling itself by, um, by, by really making the players available to the media. And I think that's a big negative. I know years ago I had a conversation with David Stern when I covered the NBA, me and another writer, a couple of writers from Texas that were big guys. And we said, David, why don't you, why don't you start uh, marketing the personalities you have in this game, guys like Bird and Magic? Yeah. And you know what David Stern said? David said, yeah, that's a good idea. And he did it. <laughs> Look what yeah. happened to the NBA. It exploded. But now the NBA is getting away from that a little bit too now. And, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, everybody talks about resetting. Well, I think sports need to reset back to where the, the way they were a little bit. No doubt. The fans really, really excited about the game. We like the game. Yes. That's why we want to we don't want the other crap. We like the game. Get back to the game. Yeah, play the game. In fact, speaking of great books, I'm, I'm uh, like about 130 pages into author, uh, the author of The Cap. Um, uh, it's jo- Josh Mendelson wrote it. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's absolutely crazy. It's called The Cap, how Larry Fleischer and David Stern built the modern NBA. And when, when they were fighting back and forth, Union and and the NBA and Bob, Bob Lanier was involved uh, more than people yeah. probably think. Uh, and Fleischer and all these guys and Stern with his innovative ideas, you know, the cable packages, it was, well, you know, I don't know if we want to go cable. And, and these guys saw it. They were like, come on, cable's going to be crazy. ESPN was just born. Stern's like, eh, you know what? If we don't get the full cable package, tell you what, just let me buy into ESPN's highlight package. And I that, that worked out pretty well, you know, because people watched the game. They watched the game. They watched the highlights of it. And then, boom, fast forward to the growth of the league right around when Magic and Bird get in there. You know, sometimes the simple decisions and the simple thoughts are, are the best. Now keep it simple, stupid, you know? Gosh. Well, you got to think like a fan. And, that's, and, right. and, and, and also, Stern did not put himself in some ivory tower. You know, when we were in the uh, NBA Finals and they had what they called the hospitality suite, he was there almost every night talking to everybody. Wow. You know, I'm, you know this, this is back in the day, but, you know, you'd be sitting there and all of a sudden some, you know, Jack Nicholson would come in or maybe uh, <laughs> Stephen Stills from Crosby Stills and Nash Stern wow. would be there. And I knew Larry Fleischer too, a very smart man. Sure. And, and 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 get you know, that's that's I think right now with baseball that's one of the problems we have is that I don't think they I don't think baseball right now appreciates the past just so so eloquently you just said about the, the Hall of Fame and stuff like that. I don't know if baseball really appreciates what they have. Kevin Kernan, AMBS underscore Kernan on Twitter, a must follow, ball America's most beloved sports writer. Kevin, you're the best. Really appreciate you, man. Okay, Mike, hopefully I'll see you this year. The ML Sports Platter, all over the major platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We're brought to you by the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, Welch & Company Jewelers, Bryant & Stratton College, and Rosie's Corner. If you are in and around central New York, get on over to Rosie's for their Fish Friday. Other themed food days during the week, like... Meatloaf Monday, Chicken and Biscuit Wednesday, Turkey Slop Tuesday. It's all happening at Rosie's Corner, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. The pizza wing combos to die for for all the games as well. Big time thanks to Kevin Kernan. I'm Mike Lindsley. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Everyone loves shopping online. Well, I'm going to tell you what I tell my golf buddies when they buy clubs. Stop searching for coupon codes. 
Download Capital One Shopping to your computer. Capital One Shopping instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Plus, it's free, and you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. That's like hitting a hole in one without even trying. Capital One Shopping. It's kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary. As a social worker, you can become an advocate for those who can't. Earn your master's in social work degree online to learn strategies to connect diverse populations with the critical resources they need to improve their well-being, whether it's in a hospital, community service agency, or another setting. What do you think making a difference as a social worker looks like? GCU offers over 240 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.